0: Our life. Alterated prayer, a custom made prayer life. During these 21 days of fasting and praying, we are asking God to do something for us. And we have been in much prayer, fasting, and we are expecting change. Sometime it takes something to make you pray. God have to build you a prayer life. Have to make one. Most of us do not pray on our own. We don't feel that urgency to pray and that need to pray. You'd be surprised how many powerful men and women of God who really don't have a prayer life. They're just operating off of reserve. They have no solid prayer life. Presently. some of you are surviving now by the prayer life you used to have thank God you used to pray and it has kept you through this process of time where you couldn't pray but sometimes the Lord will weaken you bring you to things that you cannot bear things that are humanly impossible for you to fix and deal with to force you into a spiritual life. There are some things (laughs) that will force you to God. They'll make you pray because you start off praying so much about the thing that's dealing with you that it ends up developing a relationship between you and God. And it's not always sicknesses and diseases that bring us to prayer. Your emotions will make you pray. Oh, you're so deep. Hurt turmoil and things that are going on in personal relationships with family will force you to pray because you get in the right situations relationship wise marital wise family wise they can be as a bigger crisis as a person who is broke and don't have no money matter of fact I'd rather be broke anytime than to deal with some of the emotional stuff that people deal with now. It will will bring you to prayer. That silly man will make you run behind God. Your problems, your trials, things that you can't fix. There are some things that the devil put you in, there's some things that God put you in and there's some things that you put yourself in but regardless of what they are they'll make you pray they'll make you fast they'll make you cry out before the Lord, they'll make you lay out before the Lord, you find yourself married to a man or woman who is bound by the spirit of drugs and alcoholism bound by cocaine and rocks there's a woman who's waiting on waiting home for her husband to come home, and he's somewhere smoking up the VCR. That's an emotional problem where you need the Lord to help you. I know some people who had backslidden on the Lord, and the Lord gave them a good dose of a bad man. And when God give you a good dose. Of a bad man, bound by the powers of drugs and alcoholism, it'll either run you to God or run you to the bottle, and you make a choice. Because there's some things that if you did not have God in your life at that particular, some folks don't understand why you go to church so much, why you pray so much, why you fast so much, and why are you so consecrated before the Lord, and why? Because for some of us, it take that. It's the the last hope. It's the only thing that I got, the only thing I got left to give me some survival and give me some hope, to give me some some, some light. Thank you, Jesus. Are y'all with me? I want to talk to you about one of the strongest men I think that have ever lived. And that's the man of God, Elijah. Elijah was, he's one of the, Most powerful preacher that ever lived. And Elijah was so powerful that he caused it to not rain for three and a half years. He spoke. Said, for three and a half years, according to my word, not God's word, according to what I'm saying. It won't rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain. And then when he got ready for it to rain, he went and told him, All right, it's gonna rain. You better get under the house because there's an abundance of rain. I hear the sound, and it rained. Man, so powerful, he controlled the elements. He made it rain, not only did he make it rain, but the man, the Baal's prophets got ready to have, a, they had a, 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 a fellowship service between the church of the United Baal and the church of the living God. And they had a, a worship service together and he let them lead their devotion and call on their God and have their service. And they had all the members, and Elijah didn't have but one member, him. No choir, no devotional leader, no nothing. He came by himself, kind of like y'all let me go sometime when I'm going visiting folk. <laughs> came by himself and called fire down from heaven and burned up the prophets of Baal. But this man ran a hole of something that knocked him to his knees. most powerful man that ever lived in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword He killed all these folk with swords. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so, now just one message, so let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this She said, tomorrow this time I'm gonna kill you. And here's this strong man of God, so powerful, so mighty, this woman sent a message, she sent a message, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. In verse 3, is it says, and when he saw that he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. He heard that he went running, strong man of God at a weak point. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. He said, Lord, don't let her kill me. If I'm going to die, Lord, just let me die. I don't want the report to be that a woman killed me. I don't want that to get out. Just let me die. Could you kill me now? He's at a point that he doesn't want to live because he doesn't want to deal with what's there. So this great man who's called far down from heaven, this great man who has slain all of these false prophets, this great man who has spoken, amen, to the, 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 the elements and the elements obeyed him, has gotten to a point where he has faced something that he cannot handle. And it is so bad and so difficult, rather than live through it, he would rather request that God would take him out. Now, some of you may not know it and some of you have never experienced it, but have you ever been to a point that something was so heavy that you'd rather the Lord to take you out than to deal with it? Now, some of y'all say ain't been that crazy. I ain't say kill yourself. I ain't say that. But it has been so strong, you did not want to face it or did not want to deal with it. And this was the state Of Elijah now I know that's a vulnerable state to put you in to ask you to answer a question like that so I don't want you to wave your hand if you don't want to but you know personally you've been there you know personally if you've experienced it when you said Lord I can't take no more so but he went himself a day's journey to the wilderness and sat on a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and said it's enough now oh Lord take away my life it's enough now I ain't still enough to kill myself but take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. As he and as he lay and slept the Judah tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat at that at that at that laying point, at that point where he couldn't take no more. God's son, of an angel said, Get up, you ain't gonna die. Eat, get up and eat something. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking. The Lord had sudden baking for him. You're not going to die. I'm going to fix you something to eat. On the coals, on a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid himself down again. Now, I think what God was trying to do uh, here in verse number six, and I want you to hear me very well, when Elijah felt like giving up, when Elijah felt like he was going to die, when Elijah wanted to die and wanted to give up, God didn't give him the cake and the water to feed him alone. But God wanted to remind him of a past experience that he had been through just previously a few verses over. Because a few chapters over, there was a woman and her son about to die. Glory, hallelujah. And he had just got through talking to that woman and given her hope and given her courage and the woman gave him some a cake and a cruise of water. And so God is trying to remind him of the past experiences. When you get to that point where you feel like you can't make it anymore, this is not the first time that you've been here. There are times before that you felt like you wasn't going to make it. And you felt like you wasn't going to survive. And here you are, years and months and weeks later, still surviving. God wanted to remind him, you have not, this is not your first time here. So he says, arise and eat. In verse number six, the latter part, he says, and he lay down again. He went and laid down again. Verse seven, and the angel of the Lord came in the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. It's something about the Lord. I'm so glad the Lord wouldn't let me die. There's some of you, the Lord ain't going to let you stay in your state. Even when you want to give up, even when you want to stop, the Lord's going to keep on bothering you. Praise the Lord. You ought to say hallelujah. You ought to reach over and tell somebody, he keep bothering me. Any of you ever tried to give up? Any of you ever tried to stop? Any of you ever tried to stay home and turn off your television? Uh, your telephone and act like you couldn't hear saints calling you, pray the Lord, and your voice message, you didn't check them because the saints were calling, but the Lord shook you. Say so you can't die here, you can't stop. Verse eight, and he arose and did eat and drank and went in the strength of that meat for forty days and forty nights unto Hiram the man of God, and he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doeth that? Now listen, what now? In the Bible days, they did not they did not bury you in the graveyard; they buried you in caves. God has woke him up three times, but he is determined he's gonna die. So he puts himself in the cemetery himself. And he goes and sit down in the cave or sit down in the graveyard and wait to die. And God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you in this state? And I'm asking you, what are you doing at the state you're in? What are you doing at this place, at this hour? At this point in your life, what are you doing here? What are you doing trying to die and give up in the state that you're in? He said, I've been very jealous, Lord, for the Lord... God of hosts for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant and have thrown down thy altars and slain the prophets with the sword. He's telling God all that's going on in his life and I even I, I only am left and they seek my life to take it away and he said go forth and stand upon the mount. Get out of the cave and get on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rented the mountains and break it in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in it, and after that a wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in it, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in it, and a fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it came, so it was so. When Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenants and thrown down thy altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I even I alone uh, only uh, left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thy cometh, anoint Hazael. Azale to be king over Syria, and Jael to be uh, 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 the son of Nimsheb, thou shalt anoint to be king of, over Israel, and Elijah, the son of Shabbat of uh, Abraham, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Now, what has happened to Elijah? His down experience, his low experience, has brought him into the greatest relationship that he has ever had with God. At his low point was when God said get up and go start anointing people. At his low point is when God now saturates him with the greatest anointing that has ever happened. It's at your low point that God can get the best out of you. And some of you don't know why God has brought you to this low state in your life. Some of you don't know why God has brought you to such a state and such a brokenness and such an area of your life where you can't even help yourself. It is because you cannot know the supernatural power of God As long as you're able to operate in your own ability. Before God can kick in, you got to kick out before God can give you strength you got to get down to your lowest point point. and some of you don't understand it because it look like you about to run out of gas and it looked like you about to run out of all resources and it looks like you about to run out of all of the power that you have and what the Lord is saying it is right when you run low that I kick in it's not until you can't do no more so I'm not going to leave you on empty I'm not going to leave you without power but right at that point where you take your last breath that's where I'm going to give you some revival. right at that point where you lose your mind that's where I'm going to regulate your mind you ought to put your head together and say hallelujah, hallelujah. say hallelujah you got to understand the power of God God can't come in until you're weak He can't come in, he can't step in some situations until there's nothing else left for you to do because he wants you to know this is something only God can do so he wants you to try everything you can. Every source every resource, every person he wants you stretched out to your limit And he just step in in simply and work it out. There is a transformation happening in the spirit realm. And God is transferring you from weakness to strength. See, it's almost like this is you. Let me get some help if you will. This is your strength level. This is God's strength level. Now, this is your strength at its greatest. I need one more tower. This here is the bottom. This is your strength at its greatest. When your strength goes all the way down and hit this low point, it activates God's power. So your low causes his high. But it has to get activated by your low. I must decrease. So he can go up. (laughs) You ought to say hallelujah. That's what Paul meant. When I'm weak, then I become strong. I was riding in one of the brothers' car think it was Brother Bam's car that has two tanks and I was riding and I was so nervous but I talked to him and he said there's two tanks so when that one tank turned out you got to flip tanks and when you flip the tank pray the Lord it automatically kicks in And it causes the other tank to come on. See, let me tell you, you may be out of gas, but you can still switch tanks. Put it on Jesus' tank. I was in the car the other day in the Chrysler looking behind and picking up, trying to get some junk, and I saw something in the back of my car. I saw a battery Uh (laughs) underneath the stuff in the back. I said, well, what is this doing back here? What is the battery doing? Uh What is the battery doing in the back? Well, if my battery in the front go out, praise the Lord, I got one in the back I can kick in to give me a little power until I can get somewhere praise the Lord and you think you about to give up the Lord say when you give up and when you give out and can't make it no more that's when I'm stepping in and some of y'all don't know it but you, you, you you're right on the verge of the Lord stepping in your situation you're right on the verge of the Lord coming in and the Lord said I just got to get that little bit of more out of you I just got to get you a little bit lower I just got to break you just a little bit more and, and, and I know it's miserable now because you can't do nothing you always used to doing for yourself. You always used to going to the bank and having money. Always used to reaching in your wallet and pulling whatever you want out and buying what you want and the Lord said that's alright. I got you in this state where you can't do nothing but just this hallelujah. Just as soon as it's over. Praise Lord. You ain't got to go get five, eleven different jobs. He said just wait on me. Just wait on me. And see the reason you ain't never seen me because every time you got low you went and got your five jobs and have killed yourself. But if you let your Yourself get down to the low point. I'm not gonna let you starve to death. I'm not gonna let you lose everything. I'm not gonna let you lose your mind. I just I just trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. I told you I'll make a way. Trust me. Trust me. Oh, that's a nervous situation. Cause you're so used to being in control. Oh, that's a nervous situation when you got to, he said that's what i want you to do i want you to depend on me I got you to a state, ain't no money in your bank, ain't no money in your pocketbook. And you can't borrow no money from everybody because everybody around you, I got them broke too. I intentionally broke all of y'all so you can look at me who is the author and finisher of your faith. I want to show you how to depend on me. I want to show you how to trust in me. I want to show you how to lift up your hands to the hill from with coming to your help. I want you to know that I'm your God. And so I'm bringing you to this point. I'm not bringing you here praise the Lord to destroy you but I'm bringing you here so that I can see you and so that you can see me and so that you can understand sometime it take God to step in and then you'll know how to praise me you don't know how to praise me with a full praise because half of it is my money half of it is your money so you think some of your taking care is part of your work experience and part of what you have done but I'm gonna put you to a point where none of your money can Help you, you got to put all yours on the light bill and the water bill, and just to feed yourself, you just barely making it. And the next time you get a blessing, you'll know how to say, If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? The next time, won't nobody have to pull a shot of you, nobody won't have to pull a praise out of you because you know it's me that's been making a way all the time. You ought to say, Hallelujah, put your hand together and give God a praise. I'll reach over and tell somebody I'm I'm in a shaky condition, but I know the Lord's going to work it out. Tell them I'm in some low places, but I know the Lord's going to work it out money's running kind of low, but I know the Lord's going to work it out. I got some bills need to be paid. I got some heartaches in my life. Ah, but I know he's going to work it out and I'm just going to wait on him. Tell somebody I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to wait on him. I ain't got no other choices. Some of us, some of y'all got some resources, but some of us ain't got no other options. That's why I'm going to stay here. Can't nobody else help me. Can't nobody else work it out. I done done everything I can can you say praise the Lord see it's something about your desperation it's something about when God moves your other resources that brings you to a humbling stage and that's what God is trying to do is bring you to a humbling stage if you search the woman with the issue of blood and do a little history on this woman this was a proud woman this was a high class woman see physicians in those days were very high for 12 years she been spending money on physicians so anybody can spend money in those days for 12 years on physicians. They had some money and at the beginning of a 12 year experience you would have never found her on the ground trying to reach over to somebody because she had all her money but God had to break her down and after 12 years God got her where she had no money. He found her on the ground and that's what the Lord is saying. I'm bringing you down. I don't care how long it takes you. I'm breaking you. I'm breaking you. and it wasn't until God broke that she found herself on the ground and said if I could just touch the hem of his garment hey when God breaks you it puts you down on your face it makes you seek him won't nobody have to tell you to look for Jesus won't nobody have to tell you to give God the praises and that's what God is trying to do he's trying to make a prayer life he's trying to make a prayer warrior so what God is saying in all of this that you're going through And all of this trouble that you're going through I'm just putting you down So that you can seek my face I'm putting you low But when this is over Every valley shall be exalted I'm going to give you some joy When this thing is over You're going to have money in the bank Money in the house Money in the car Money in the bosom Money in the wallet Can you shout hallelujah Can you shout hallelujah reach over and tell somebody I'm just going through a humbling experience but when this thing is over I'm going to have some victory can you say pray the Lord can you say pray the Lord he has not left me in a destitute position he has not left me without some victory can you say pray the Lord you want to shout hallelujah give God the praises and tell him thank You've got to learn how to deal with the spiritual roller coaster of God. Yes, you got to understand. Whenever you go to those amusement parks, and that's what God's trying to do for you. He's trying to give you some amusements and give you some joy and give you some thrill. Sometimes God wants to take his girl. See you are his church. One of the most exciting things for a man is to take his woman on a roller coaster ride and take a real high real real high and let her drop like they're going to fall it makes her get close to him it makes her hold him and that's what God did to you he took you on the high point you had all the money you had the raises you had everything and he dropped you and when he dropped you he said get close to me hold me honey I ain't going let you fall. Ah, Somebody shout glory, shout glory. You all know what I'm talking about. Look at somebody and say, it's just a ride. Hey, hey, tell them it's just a ride y'all know what I'm talking about it's just a ride I don't know what you're on it may be Thunder Mountain can you say praise the Lord it may be Space Mountain but when the Lord take you high when it take you where you got all the money when it take you where all the bills are paid when it take you where everything is alright and then it drop you don't jump out the car just hold him don't beat me up to just hold him and say Jesus until the ride is over Ah, Jesus yeah yeah that's what Paul meant when he said I know how to be exalted and I know how To be a base I know how To be on top And I know how to be on the bottom. Can you say yeah? Look at somebody and say, neighbor, we got a few more loops and a few more drops and we'll be back on victory ground. But until the ride is over, reach over and grab a hold of Jesus and say, ho hold man, ho me, ho hold me. Hold me. Hold me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reach over and, and look at somebody in the air and say, neighbor, oh, neighbor, the ride is about over. Yeah. Hold on. Just a little while longer. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Lord how much it was about 430 years after Abraham had died Jesus went up to Egypt got a ticket and got in line yes he did he said Pharaoh I want to get on the ride I want to get on the roller coaster with my bride he took Israel and they sat down they sat down they sat down I need another chair y'all they sat down on the roller coaster they been sitting there a long time in Egypt sitting in the chair it wasn't moving there was some problems with the roller coaster the Lord said let me fix it he sent some frogs, that didn't work it out. Sent some flies, that didn't work it out. But finally, when the blood came, Pharaoh said, all right, it's time now. Let them go. The roller coaster went the ride fast and smooth. And when they went the ride, got to the Red Sea, looked like the roller coaster was going to have a bump up. And Pharaoh was behind but the waters moved. So y'all thought Michael Jackson started the moonwalk, but when the Lord stepped up, the waters did the moonwalk and backed up. Yeah, yeah. They rolled through on dry ground, got in the wilderness, had much trouble, had much problem they had some ups, they had some downs, and some folk went the hollering. I said, we got to get out. It's too much. Cora and his group... Dropped out. They started out with six million on the roller coaster ride. But when they got to Canaan, one but two left. That was Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua said, I've been on this ride for 40 years. And he went into the promised land and said, Give me. He said, Stop the roller coaster right here. Don't stop him on the valley. Stop him on the mountain and say, Give me this mountain can you shout yeah shout yeah i don't know about you i can't stop i waited in line too long i can't stop i can't stop i got my ticket I get a little nervous because of the drops, but that's all right. I'm still in route for a blessing. Shout glory, shout glory. I'm closing, but I heard somebody say I've had some good days. I, I've had some hills to climb, but when I look around, you want to look around, when I look around, when I look around and think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days, I won't complain, so since you won't complain, why don't you pray them, why don't you pray them? look here. See, I can tell y'all that ain't used to the ride. Y'all like this. But when you get to be a thriller, I like to ride you. So every now and then, I want the devil to know it ain't nothing. So when I get on one of them big hot high mountains and the Lord drop me. Hey! Look here. Anybody feel like you're going through a dropping period right now? Just raise it. You know what folk do? When they're on a ride and finna drop, not only raise hands, sometimes they scream. You all let the devil know you enjoy it. Hallelujah. You all just raise your hand just yell at it. Come on, come on. Raise them again. You ought to just put your hand together and tell God thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Woo. It's just a ride, y'all. Woo! Lord. Y'all, if I didn't have to go, I'd shout some more. <laughs> woo, 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 woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just a ride, it's just a ride, it's just a ride, it's just a ride. Oh, my God. He ain't gonna drop you. Mm-mm. That's what he did with his disciples. He took them on the sea dragon. <laughs> Glory. It was out in the middle of the the waters. The ship was rocking. He had to stop it for them. They couldn't take the ride. Say, holy these boys crying. Stop the ride. Master, we perish. We dying. And I just want you to know that what you're going through is just a thrill. It's just an experience. That's what the ups and downs, and ups and downs are about. That's all it's about. So don't worry about the falls and the drops, the ups, the downs. Learn how to use it to your experience. Now some of you all thought that was the it was the end, but it's not. Know how to praise him. Glorify. Him. They went over there to Texas and they went out there to that had six flags over Texas. And I saw the rides from the hotel when they were driving me by. I said they won't have them six flags over my body. I felt that song the day before, and saw those rides. I had already told him. I said, "Bro, y'all help yourself." He said, "That's it's a Superman. I don't care who he is. I won't catch me out there on it." But the kids that went on it, they came back. They were talking about it today. Ooh, we enjoyed. Ooh, I like that. I got on all of them. They just enjoyed it. It was a thrill an experience. There was a ride out there to Cypress Garden. I'm finna pray. I took my daughters out there and there's this big old white ride that drop you. And boy, I was getting nervous because somebody said it broke. They said, them rides out there, there ain't no good. People break. I just was nervous. And I told my daughters, I said, come on, let's get on this. They said, no, we ain't gonna get on this. I said, I'll pay y'all $5 get on. $5? I think it was $5. Was it 5 or 10 How much was it? 7 She said 7 It was $7. I said, I'll give y'all $7 to get on. They said, oh, okay. Well, they didn't know I paid them $7 not just to get on for them. I wanted some help with me. <laughs> we all going. I'm taking the children with me. <laughs> so we got on the ride and rolled. Boy, that ride took us way up when it was up there. Start thanking Jesus I was praying up there I said Lord I'm your servant and Lord I look and when I looked around you don't think about it till you get on them ride. you see the little bolts that's holding the thing together I said is that the thing that's holding this and by the time I got up it was good enough to think that thing dropped it looked like my heart was gone when I got out and looked at it, I said look that's an experience So sudden I went on now, I ain't going on again that was an experience. I said, well, I conquered it. And anybody I asked, say, said, did you ride? I said, I rode that before. Now, I ain't riding again, but I rode it before. But sometimes it looks like God will bring you up and drop you. And there's a scripture, and I'm closing. It says, as an eagle stirs her nest, so God stirs Israel. And I had to study that. Now, the hardest bird to get out of the nest to fly is an eagle, cause they get comfortable in the nest and they stay there and they they they, they stay, stay and don't want to move, cause the mama's always bringing the food to them and they stay there. The mama bringing the food, he stay get stuck. So if you ever hear an eagle in the air, he's fighting. He that eagle will go in his nest and start the fighting with his little uh birdies. Cause he's trying to the eaglets, is trying to get them learn how to fly. And boy it's a commotion and then them birds holler. Ah that it look like the mama eating the bird. And she throwing them out. She get the she get the eagles one by one. Pick them up by the back and throw them out. From miles up in the air throw them out. And the bird is falling like he the land to the ground. And that eagle will take it. just before he hit the ground she'll swoop up and grab it. That's how she's trying to teach him how to fly. She do that about two or three times. Throw him up, and that bird fall about to hit the ground, and she swoop him up. About that third or fourth time, when that bird get out there, he doesn't learn how to fly. And sometimes the Lord will do you. He'll get you. See, he getting you out your nest, out your comfort, and he throwing you up. And it look like he's going to drop him just before you drop him. Pick you up. Teach you how to fly. Amen. So sometimes you one of the experiences you're going through look like you're dropping. He's just teaching. It's hard. Looks like you are gonna hit the pavement, but he's teaching you. Can you say praise the Lord? Why don't you stand to your feet and give God a good praise and tell Him thank. All right, let's let's come together and join hands corporately.